This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, brand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups, and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories. We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. The vision of the company is, is to develop the largest network of urban farms in Asia. Some of our customers receive the vegetables on the same day that they are harvested. So there's a lot more, there's a lot longer shelf life that our vegetables have as compared to vegetables that are imported. Fundamentally, we want to make a strong impact to food resilience in Asia. For this launch episode, I've sat down with Vincent Wee from Arkison, a Singapore agri-tech company that designs, builds, and operates crop growing solutions. They enable fresh, ultra-local produce in cities, often allowing for same-day harvests to table via traditional cold chain distribution. Their tasty, high-yield, nutritious produce is enabled through better data collection via IoT, analytics, crop science, and automation. Vincent is a second-time co-founder. We discuss his background prior to Arcasen, seeking opportunities after his first company, and finding partners for venture co-creation. Vincent shares his journey on scouting for opportunities, developing farming systems for Singapore deployment, and then looking for additional opportunities in new markets. His ambition for Arcasen is to develop the largest network of urban farms in Asia. Vincent ends by encouraging all of us to eat our greens, preferably grown locally. And now, on to the interview. Welcome to One North Stories. Today, we are in Jurong, visiting Archison, and their CEO, Vincent Wee. Archison is an indoor farming company, developing systems, growing crops, and selling crops. We're excited to be here, learning about the startup and what's going on, and what are the plans for the future. Vincent, maybe you could start first introducing yourself and a little bit about your background and how you got into Archison. Thanks, Ruben. My name is Vincent. I'm the CEO and uh, COO of Akisen. I'm also one of the co-founders. We started this journey uh, sometime in early 2016, and the company has been around for about seven years now. We actually just uh, celebrated our seventh year anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. And we had Peggy from A-Star joining us, and it was, it was a good time. To just uh, share with you about how I started since, since I graduated, I graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering from NUS. And at that time when I graduated, I started work in the industrial liaison office in NUS. And I learned a lot relating to technology. I was always interested in technology and how we could make an impact on society and the community and what would be the next big thing. It is there that 
I started my first company, Biomachines. I met VC, met a couple of co-founders, and we started Biomachines, ran it for a couple of years before we closed it. And then we started Akisen sometime in 2016. That's been some sort of my journey before Akisen. I've always had an interest in physics and math since secondary school because I thought that it was something that was easy to work with and something that was logical. And as, as I went in my career over the years, there was a natural push towards looking at the engineering side of things. Uh, it does help that I work with my co-founder who has a degree in biology. And so we get together to develop solutions for the culture industry. Okay, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about Biomachines? What did it do? And kind of why did you decide to exit and start Arcasen with that? Or with your experience and your co-founding experience out of that? Yes, um, we started Biomachines with four co-founders in 2011. It was a startup that developed IoT solutions for the outdoor environments. Most of the systems were solar powered and required a wireless sensor network deployed. Many of our customers were from Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, and Indonesia. And it was very fun working with scientists, agronomists, plant physiologists, and even researchers from the different research institutions and helping them with their experiments and being part of their research journey to deliver something impactful from data collected from sensors. We closed the company in 2015 due to various business constraints, so it is no longer operational. But it was a good learning experience for us. It was a first startup. We had a lot of knocks. We learned about what was involved in growing the business, looking for customers, fundraising, the difficulties on trying to manage a team as we grow. And so a lot of these experiences went with us, especially when we started Arkison. Okay, thanks. So yeah, you started Arkison seven years ago. Could you tell us a little bit, how, how did it come together? From some level, I understand it was a, a venture creation. And so you had multiple partners bringing different pieces. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Back in 2015, after we closed the biomachines, my co-founder Savan and I were wondering what to do next. And we studied the markets and realized that food production was an industry that had a long-term viability. And with the rise of IoT and AI, there was a lot that could be achieved in this industry. And hence, the birth of Akisen, where an architecture of sensor networks would be the starting point for highly productive farms. We personally felt that farming was something that was important for Singapore because food security was an area that we should look into, especially in the long term, and more so because we import the majority of our produce and food from overseas. So we started talking with local farmers. Some of the responses were lukewarm, as a lot of them were troubled with low margins and land leases that were ending in a few years. And they didn't want to spend more money in IoT because the benefits were uncertain and the capex was high. But we were determined that we could build a viable and highly productive farming system to produce food for Singaporeans. So through our market study, we found that freshness, nutrition, and flavor was particularly important. We incorporated that as part of the vision of the company, launched the brand, Just Produce, and then we started to research and find out what are different ways to grow food better, looked at the technologies that were available in other countries, US, and in Japan, Taiwan. And we then tried to deploy this system in Singapore, experimented with it, built a lab, did the experiments, and from there, developed system that could be viable in Singapore. Okay, so just curious, that sounds a little bit CapEx intensive. Um, did you guys bootstrap kind of with what you gained out of biomachines or did you have initial investor or initial investors to work partner in 
in getting your labs and early systems up and running? Yeah, as with most startups, we bootstrapped at the beginning with some small capital from Seven and I, and we then looked for investors. So Origin Ventures was one of our first investors. Very fortunate to have met Clarence, uh, who runs Origin, and he believed in us and he invested to give us the initial capital to do the work that we needed to better understand how growing systems could be put together to grow crops in Singapore. Of course, from there on, we then looked for other investors and raised various rounds from various species as we grew the company and needed more capital to grow. Okay, thanks. Any other, especially in your early years, anything else from, let's say, the Singapore startup ecosystem or we could say the Singapore agri-tech, agriculture ecosystem that, that really helped Parkinson up, running, launched, and distributing? The Singapore ecosystem for startup is great. ASAP continues to be a pillar of support after the venture co-creation program that we were part of. We got into the venture co-creation program through Origin Ventures and we work closely with ASTAR and the Bioinformatics Institute, develop some technologies that we use in Arkisan. ASTAR Central is a great platform. You know, we have meeting spaces, introductions are made. Uh, there are also programs organized. And during COVID, we managed to speak with uh, Prof Tan Siwi, Irene Frederick, and also have conversations with the various researchers from the various institutes. Other than ASTAR, we, I was also part of this NUS Overseas College program much earlier on in my university days, which was one of the main Kickstarter for my entrepreneurial journey. We were exposed to the world of entrepreneurs and learned a lot of stories firsthand. And that was where I worked on my first business plan, start to go for competitions and pitch to investors, various business ideas. The Singapore Food Agency and Enterprise Singapore has also been supportive on the various grants and initiatives that we continue to tap on. So in general, the ecosystem is very helpful to give founders and entrepreneurs a good starting point in their business journey. Okay, thanks. Just another couple quick questions about the company. Have you guys pivoted in terms of your technology or market? I mean, you're still doing indoor farm. You're still selling fresh produce, fresh, nutritious, flavorful produce. So would you say you're, you've kept the vision for the seven years so far or any, you know, early pivots that you guys had to make? Yeah, we made a significant adjustment during the COVID-19 pandemic. At that time, many of the restaurants and F&B establishments were closed. And that was when we just launched the, the farm. And we were initially focused on supplying produce to the FMB industry or the restaurants. And when COVID happened, we had to switch from supplying to the food service sector to focusing on online and offline retail, such as Fairprice, the Shelves, Little Farms, and online retail like Amazon, Redmart, Shopee. We had to change the packaging, the product types, the crop types, different SKUs, and adjust our logistics and also the types of vegetables so that we can cater to customers based on their consumption needs and their purchasing patterns. So adjustments or changes are constantly made throughout the journey of the company. Even when we first started the company, we were looking at offering solutions to farmers, but because we did not receive the feedback that we expected, we then shifted towards building farms and looking at the entire solution rather than very specific and solutions for customers. So we constantly adjust throughout the uh, journey of the company. Uh, we are constantly met 
challenges, changing demands and needs, and we then adjust accordingly. Okay. How many employees does Arcusen have right now, or approximately? We currently have 60 people, 40 in Arcusen, who comprise scientists, engineers, software, business development, finance, and mid-HR. And we have 20 in the, who are helping out in the farm, who are mainly urban farmers, who look at various parts processing. So that brings me to why indoor farming? So in Singapore, we know it's, it's a very land-scarce country, zero interland. Indoor farming can make sense, especially from a food supply, food security's perspective. But just about everywhere else in the world has capability of land for either what we could consider traditional farming or huge industrial scale farming. So could you, we talked about this previously offline, but could you share with us why indoor farming makes sense, not only here in Singapore, but in other urban centers around the world? Yeah, I think that's a great question. It starts from our intention to focus on food resilience which is the ability to you know, anticipate, prevent, absorb, and adapt to shocks and stresses to food nutrition and security. And this is, of course, particularly obvious after the COVID-19 pandemic, where borders could be shut and you could have difficulty having access to food. And aside from needing to build food resilience, there are also various long-term stresses that many of the farms face, such as climate change, which has caused unusual weather, such as floods, droughts, and these have also impacted the yield of crops, causing fluctuations in the availability and prices throughout the year. Indoor farming allows you to control the environment and so that you're able to provide the optimal crop recipe or the growing environment to produce crops sufficiently and consistently for the city for a certain area. You are also able to keep out the pests, so you do not need to use pesticides, which are actually carcinogens and have long-term impacts on the body. And so indoor farming allows you to use a controlled environment to produce food consistently throughout the year, every single day. And I think many buyers and food service purchasers look for a consistent supply of food. So that's where indoor farming provides a particular benefit towards consistent production. Thanks. Another point I wanted to hit on this. Could you share a little bit about the logistics of indoor farming and how that can add a potential big advantage compared to, again, traditional farming and bringing the foods into the city and then cold chain storage. Yeah. So for most of our produce in Singapore, about 90% is flown in from overseas or transported in through long journey, for example, from Malaysia. And so there's a lot of carbon footprint and there is in that whole journey, there may be breakages in the cold chain. When there are breakages in the cold chain, there may be the food may be more subject to spoilage, sometimes as much as 50% of vegetables could rot due to the breakage in the cold chain. And so the food may not, when the vegetables get to you in Singapore, they may not last as long because they have not been maintained in the optimal cold chain, which is supposed to be between zero to four degrees, especially once they are harvested. In indoor farming, it allows you to grow the produce or have the farm right where you need it, uh, which is probably at a city fringe and for us, we actually produce every day. We pack the produce and we deliver it. Some of our customers receive the vegetables on the same day that they are harvested. So there's a lot more, there's a lot longer shelf life that our vegetables have as compared to vegetables that are imported from countries like Italy, Australia. So when the vegetables last longer, the customers have a lot more freshness and they can experience better nutrition from their vegetables as well. There's also less food waste for those who open the pack of vegetables 
and they are able to use every single leaf or eat everything rather than needing to throw away part of it. Okay, that's great to hear. And I can actually say from experience, so my household, we switched. To, I actually didn't know until Vincent told me we're using salad products from Arkison and they definitely stay fresh a lot longer than the imported green um, we used to buy. Yeah, this was really a surprise when I, of course, when I met with you, Ruben, two weeks back. And yeah, we were just searching and then it's found out that actually you're buying our produce. So for those of you who have never tried our produce, it's called Just Produce. It'll be the best salad you have ever tasted. If you have never tasted it, please try it. Or just give us a try. It's available on Amazon Fresh and available in FairPrice Finest, Little Farms. It is under the Just Produce brand. And so we have a various products that you can choose from. One other quick question about indoor farming. So this is, we're not talking about greenhouses. We're talking about, you know, kind of warehouse or storeroom style in a controlled um, environment, controlled lighting, controlled HVAC, um, temperature, humidity. And to get such a controlled environment and lighting, you know, there's different cost components. You know, there's your OPEX, your CAPEX, and also the seed costs and everything. Can you break down what are the main cost components for your operations right now? Or just give us a quick idea. Yeah, the main costs relating to the operations would be manpower, real estate, energy, and consumables, farm consumables. We use very little water as, or rather 90% less water than outdoor farms because all the water is recirculated and so that the nutrients are constantly being reabsorbed until a point where you can't recirculate anymore and that's where we change the nutrient solution. So there's a lot of conservation of water as compared to a traditional farm where very often the nutrients may leach into the soil or into the rivers. So yeah, we look at these various cost components very carefully. We are looking at ways to reduce manpower through automation. We want to grow as much as we can within a small volumetric space because of the cost of real estate, especially in Singapore, real estate prices are high. We are looking at ways to reduce the energy costs through optimal usage of lighting, better lighting recipes, better use of ventilation. And also we are looking at the consumables to better not only just see how we can reuse some of this, but also to reduce the cost of it through economies of scale. Okay, let's switch a little bit to the technology angle. You have two product lines or two technologies, kind of trademark technologies, Cropdom and Croptron. Could you introduce them to us and let us know how you're building them up for the whole indoor farming ecosystem? Cropdom is the solution where we design, build, and operate farm to supply fresh produce to cities, especially where they need them. Croptron is the technology that enables Cropdom. Cropdom, interestingly, is actually a short form of Crop Kingdom. And so when we go to the various spaces or in a city, it involves us understanding the crop fit for the city, how to grow the crop, the growing recipes, environments, developing the right growing system, and also how to sell the crop and make the business viable. So we don't just sell the solution or just build the farm, but we also look at the entire solution to ensure that the farm is viable. And so that's what Cropdom encompasses. The various technologies and analytics and the software tools that we have behind it is encompassed in Cropdom. Okay, so ultimately you're a farming company, but when you kind of look under the hood, you're an IoT company, a crop sciences company, a data company, a whole mixture of all of this. So could you share a little bit, how does all this come together? And then ultimately, could you also share, what would you say is your core technology or core technologies that, that enable Arkison to, to be who you are? Yeah, so we 
I mean, coming back to the business focus that I mentioned just now, we design, build, and operate farms. So when we go to the various, when we speak to some of our various customers, it depends on what are their needs. Some of them uh, require a farm to be built from end to end. Some of them already have their food supply taken care of. So that's why we help to build and operate the farm. Some of them already have an existing farm and they need some improvements to it. So I think generally it's a mixture and we want with an objective to see how we can help these farms or build a farm to produce fresh produce to cities. The core technologies involve around the combination of science, engineering, and business insights to make the farm viable. There isn't a specific technology that we just focus on because when you're trying to grow a crop, you need the scientists to come in to share on how to grow the crop well, the required growing environment. You need the engineers to come in to ensure that the infrastructure is suitable, that it's efficient to provide and parameters consistently. And you also need the offtake and the sales side to ensure that the produce can be sent efficiently from the farm to the end consumers and distributed efficiently. So I would say that understanding how to combine these three together and constantly use uh, and combine them to enable food resilience is, is our is a core competency that we are constantly building on. Okay. Could you share with us? So currently, I mean, you're producing leafy greens and herbs, if I generically classify your products. Anything that, that you're cooking up or growing up in, in the labs that that you can share with us that, that, that might see the light of day or the consumer's plate in the future? Yeah, currently we have seven crop types. We have three types of lettuces, sorrel, mustard, ice plant, Swiss chard, and this forms the mix of salads that we are selling in the market. Leafy vegetables are an easier choice compared to fruiting crops as they, they, pro they provide, they, they grow much faster as compared to fruiting crops. We are looking to increase our variety of leafy vegetables. We're looking to double that and triple that. And we're also looking to introduce fruiting crops. We have actually tried about 50 different types of crops on how to grow them, but we are very careful when to look at the various factors around commercial viability. So we are timing them at appropriate time, um, launch new products. And I think customers do see a value in having a much higher variety in the vegetables that they consume. Thanks. So, I mean, 50 types, that's a lot. Um... So, I mean, and then slow release as you, again, you perfect the recipes and get the yields at the price points that you need to enter the market. Can you share with us a little bit about the selection process or potential selection process? Like what does it take for a candidate fruit or vegetable to ultimately be a high yield indoor crop? So when we choose the vegetable that is, that is suitable, we like to look at various aspects around where the city is, what the customers like to eat, the customer demographic and what the diets are, the demand, and also the logistics. So in Singapore specifically, we did quite a bit of study to understand who the buyers are. And so we have developed the salad mixes because we do receive a lot of feedback at the beginning that they would like to eat a mixture of vegetables. And very often when they want to have a simple meal, they would have a mix. They like to have a salad mix mixed together with their typical daily meal. And so as we expand to increase our variety in Singapore. We want to see how we can cater to other types of vegetables that Singaporeans eat, be it Asian greens or other types of protein crops that they typically can buy or they can eat as part of their diet. And when you expand into the other countries as well, we want to also better understand 
what are the needs of Indo cities, what is their culture, what is their favorite food, what are their favorite vegetables and their general distribution networks. And so we will then select the crops based on that perspective. So we do the crop science research. Uh, we will then develop the engineering infrastructure around that based on these candidate crops. Let's switch up a little bit. We've talked about, I mean, you guys are up and running now seven years, operational farm, crop science, continuing developing your automation, your air IoT systems. Could you share a little bit about your, let's say, near future business model, both, you'd say, in Singapore and beyond as you look to expand? Are you guys looking to be owner operators or, you know, license out technology to partners, build Arcus and franchisees across the region? What do you have in mind for that? We are certainly looking for overseas expansion and we're looking for partners in the different cities. We can't do everything. We do intend to focus on developing core technologies in Singapore and see how we can then deploy them in overseas cities. We are, once again, open to different business arrangements depending on the customer. So what you mentioned about owner, operator, contractor, or a combination of these very much depends on the needs of the customer and what do they envision in terms of where they see themselves in the food supply, whether they're they see us as a producer, as a buyer, or as an investor. So we are open generally to the different business arrangements and we look forward to working with different partners to have more farms uh, in various cities around Asia. Could you tell us a little bit about your, let's say your partners that you have today, maybe especially in terms of technical collaboration? You're a 60 person team, but again, like you said, you can't do everything. So how do you really rely on either the, you could say the tech ecosystem or even like say the manufacturing ecosystem, um, just business, different partners coming in to, to build your systems, develop your systems. We are very thankful, of course, for the various partners that we work with throughout these years who have advised us and helped act as a bouncing board, as well as not just along, especially when we seem to be going off in the wrong track. Scientific researchers have, has been a key part of our journey experts in the various fields, even though they may not be directly related to what we have, but is it relating to engineering or science or even the business angle? Technical partner who focus on different parts of the, uh, development, be it lighting, or growing systems, sensors. We also have advisors who advise us on how to navigate the different challenges in the business. Of course, our shareholders have been key supporters as we have been going around this journey, investors and also various partners along the value chain yeah, have been very helpful. Choosing the right vendor is also particularly important. And so we have been fortunate to be working with very good vendors who support us and basically they know what they're doing. And it's a learning process both ways. This industry is new to them and it's new to us, but it's about working together and finding out how to solve problems and challenges. And because this industry is still new to Singapore, relatively, as compared to other industries, it's a constant learning process and improvement. Leveraging partners, leveraging your in-house expertise and, you know, your future growth. How does Arcusen scale? I've got three numbers, 10x, 100x, and 1000x, let's say, compared to, to your, your current capacity, which I think is, what, 100, 100 tons a year. Is that correct? So, yeah, how, how do you scale besides just, you know, deploying more systems? Yes. Yeah, that's very interesting. Saying 10x, 100x, and 1000x is something which investors like to hear because it just, it demonstrates growth. And I would like to expand beyond that what is necessary for the company to grow, right? And what we are focusing on. So firstly, um, optimizing our yield, increasing our yield so that we can grow more with less or grow more within a defined state. 
something that is necessary. Having the different technologies coming together to enable this 10x growth, 100x growth is essential um, because if you just have a lot of farms and you do not have good technology, you then end up with a bunch of farms that don't work. So it's very essential to ensure that we have the right technologies that enable us to grow. And when you have good technologies, naturally people want to build more farms with you and there will be more resources. Increasing the variety of crops is particularly important. In the various cities that we have seen, everyone likes to eat a variety of different types of So when you have a variety of highly nutritious, highly flavorful, tasty, pesticide-free produce, that's where there's a lot more interest and demand for what you have. Better tasting crops, yeah, we have the best tasting crops right now. Salads, we, in order for us to also expand 10x or 100x, it is necessary to expand beyond Singapore, definitely. So we need to better understand the culture and environments of these other countries. Touching on what you mentioned earlier, it's also important to have very strong partners, not only locally, but also overseas. So sourcing and working with these value-added partners in the different parts of the value chain will allow us to accelerate our growth. And lastly, we need a strong talented pool of Archeans. Now, that's what we call ourselves, Archeans. A great culture and the smartest people and the best capabilities to enable us to go much faster and to expand as fast as we can. So yeah, multiple things coming together for, yeah, like you said, ultimately measured growth and not too much or not too much capacity. Cause then, like you said, I mean, if technology is not ready, then you've got, you know, some anchors around your neck, potentially a, a curiosity question. Is there any, let's say key metric on growth or in terms of yields? Is it like anything in terms of like nutrients per kilowatt hour input for electricity or anything like that, that you look at kind of as some, you know, ultimate measure of, of how well your systems yield or, you know weight per electricity input has some ultimate goal, or is that not so? There are various parameters that we look at. So the mass per unit time, right? Volumetric area, the density of space, how much we can go within the defined space, how fast the crops grow, the cost of production of a particular crop per unit time, uh, the efficiency, production efficiency, and of course, marketable efficiency. And so there are various parameters that we look at that we constantly look at and measure to ensure that we produce the vegetables efficiently given a certain number of inputs and how much output then we can get. And so we are constantly trying to optimize this process through science, engineering, and business to ensure that we get the most out of the inputs. What's next for Arcusen? I mean, wh where do you see yourselves in, in three years and then maybe 10 years? The vision of the company is, is to develop the largest network of urban farms in Asia and we aim to accomplish this goal in the next couple of years and we constantly want to see how we can add value to the farming industry and as we grow we want to be able to constantly grow the team collect more data use the data to see how we can grow more crops build more farms and constantly add value to the vegetable industry okay how would you define success for yourself at Arkison as well as the whole team i think fundamentally we want to make a strong impact to food resilience in asia we want to increase this so that the various cities become self-sufficient to a certain extent. We also want to create a strong culture in the company so that everyone is aligned towards a common goal and work cohesively. Just as a quick side tangent, as I was researching for this interview, I was reminded by uh, an old friend I had in graduate school at Purdue who was a postdoc at the time doing crop science for, for space, literally crops growing in space. But I was thinking of Arcus and Systems and the hydroponics that you're, you're making mass scale 
vegetable production. And if there's ever colonies on the moon or on Mars, I was thinking maybe Arcosync technology could could go there as well. So just curious, I mean, again, as a super stretch goal, you ever think about, you know, you, you said, you know, to be the largest network of indoor farms in Asia and any stretch goals beyond Asia? Yeah, growing vegetables in space is very similar to growing crops in indoor environment or controlled environment. You want to be able to provide the optimal environment to, for the crop to grow. And so I think it is definitely interesting and something that we could look into, especially now that there, there is interest in seeing how we can explore beyond, beyond Earth, right? Looking, looking out. Our main focus is still on developing and building a network of farms in Asia. That's probably something that we'll look at later, not now. But it's definitely something interesting to look at because I do see various similarities in the need to grow food optimally in, in a controlled environment. Okay, thanks. Just a couple quick questions to kind of help us wrap up. Can you share with us what is your best-selling retail product? Yeah, so for, you guys got to try Crunchy Classics that goes out in Amazon Fresh and Raymart. If you head down to Fair Price, under the Just Produce brand, you can find Zesty Mustard and tang Tangy Sorel. Mustard packs a punch. It's very it's spicy and tangy sorrel is, uh, has a lemony taste to it. So you got to try these. Have you ever had to kill a product line because it wasn't selling? We, we had to make some difficult decisions on the way. We are constantly doing surveys and speaking to customers. Even during the promoter events, we speak to chefs. And so we, even if we do not kill a certain product type or a certain crop type, we may need to adjust the mixes and the combination along the way to feed the needs of the customer. Do you have a favorite vegetable, either one you produce or maybe something that out of the 50 or even beyond for yourself, for what you eat? Yeah. So right now, mustard, because it packs a crazy punch. Even now, after so many years, I still, uh, I still sometimes wins a bit when I eat our mustard. I think to my knowledge, we are the only guys in Singapore selling the mustard leaf. It's available in Zesty Mustard. And I like to use it as wraps, either in a sandwich when I do barbecue. As a kid, did you eat your vegetables? Yeah, I did. Mostly Asian vegetables, like Kai Lan, Xia Pai Cai. Yeah. So it's only when I grew older that I started to have things like salads. Yeah. Has your vegetable consumption gone up since you started Arkison? Certainly. So I consume vegetables every day now. Yeah. Previously, it was just once in a while. So right now, I take vegetables not only just from our farm. I also do buy vegetables from the various local farms. And I do encourage everyone to buy local. When you go down to the store, I do buy vegetables, but other types of vegetables from the local farms to support the local farms. And also when you buy local, it's fresher as well. And you, know, you can actually go and see the farms and know where the vegetables come from. Thanks. Is there anything else here that, that you'd like to mention or, or plug today? Yeah, I, once again, I'd like to encourage everyone to grow vegetables, grow their own vegetables. The Singapore Food Agency and the government has been very encouraging. And they have various materials to teach you how to grow your own vegetables. And I would encourage everyone to do it so that you know what goes into producing a vegetable. You can appreciate the taste and the flavor around it. And you can actually taste the difference between what you actually grow and what you actually buy. And it may be difficult, but I would encourage everyone to grow that, grow their own vegetables because this also adds to Singapore's food resilience. And then, okay, so, so we know where to find you in the stores, but if someone wanted to connect with you, Vincent, or someone at... Archison, what's the best way to, to connect? I would love for you guys to reach out to me through LinkedIn. So search for me, Vincent Wei, Archison, and feel free to, to add me on LinkedIn or send me a message. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, Vincent, for your time today. We appreciate it.
telling the story of Archison. Thanks, Ruben. And with that, thanks for listening. Please hit like and subscribe wherever you are getting your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for our launch series, and be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in the growing Singapore deep tech scene together.